I'm excited about what the Lord has for us. So if you would stand, I know you just sat down. Oh, change one. No, I won't do that. Uh, and if you're wondering what this is, this is a King James version. Yes. You're like, what is this lunacy they are presenting? My mama used to bring me these passages, and since she's in this story, we're gonna we're gonna talk about it the way she would have talked about it. So. Why I've put you in remembrance that you stir up the gift of God, which is in you by the putting on of my hands. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Let's read that last portion one more time. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And one more passage. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear has torment. He that fears is not made perfect in love. Father, I thank you for the truth of your word. I thank you that it is the foundation of my life. I thank you, God, that it is only your word that can keep us strong. Only your word, Father, that can keep our feet planted when we want to run. Father, it's your word that changes us. It's your word that compels us. It's your word that brings us peace. So, Father, I pray as we come under your word today that you would do that, that you would give us a foundation in you. Father, that you would strengthen those weak places. And, Father, that we would walk out of this room with the peace of God that passes all understanding. In a world that wants to breed fear, Father, we claim peace today, Father. So I ask, Lord, that everything that is of me would fall away and be forgotten, but that everything that is from you would stand and bear fruit in Jesus' name. And they said... Amen. Amen. Boy, that was a good one. That's like y'all like meant that one. That was good. Today we're going to talk about fear and I really am afraid. No, never mind. That's not what I meant. When I was a kid, I had like six, six, six major fears. We'll just narrow them down to categories. You want to? But the six that, that immediately sprung to mind when I was thinking about my childhood was God, because he had shoes that were going to drop at any time. Satan, who I did not like. Hell, fire, my dad, and spiders. (laughs) Only two of those give me issues today, and I'm not going to tell you which two. But I'll just say this. If any of you ever do to my Facebook page what you have done to Pastor Kevin's, (laughs) I'm not praying for you anymore. And that is not an empty threat. (laughs) But uh, God has really done a work in my life in this area. And uh, it isn't that I never have any issues because we all have issues. But this battling of fear that that sometimes comes, um, God has really done a work in me in that. And I believe that God wants to do a work in some of you as well. Or he wouldn't have sent this message, I don't believe. So we'll start with how warped my parents were. My mom, in a good way, my mom and dad were warped. I mean, in a humor side. I mean, they found things funny that normal people don't find funny. And Aaron, if you say amen, you are going to be in big trouble. But because I'm afraid some of that may have carried down to my children through their father. And uh, 
Because sometimes the thing that my father found the funniest was to terrify us. And my sisters might have liked that. I did not. I did not care for that. And one of my dad's favorite things, like, you know, you're walking outside and he jumps from behind the shed with an axe and a... <laughs> you live in the country sometimes. You got a weapon in your hand. And, but his favorite nighttime, you know, we would have game night. And his favorite was for him to go down and hide in one of the bedrooms at the end of the hallway turn out all the lights, and don't you know, when you live somewhere called Walls Hollow and there are no other lights outside of the ones in the house, then when they turn those off, it is just you and those six things I mentioned before. (laughs) And so he would go hide in those bedrooms, and our job was to come and find him. What sick, twisted mind came up with that? (laughs) And so... We would go and we would find him. And I mean, he would like, he was that kind of kind, gentle soul that would grab your ankle from under the bed as you passed. (laughs) Or attach a string to a white fluffy dog so that it floated past your face when you came in the room. He was creative. You got to give him that. But I decided one time I was just like sick of all this foolishness. And so I was going to get him back. I was going to teach him a lesson about how to scare. And um, so the next time he decided, your Margaret gets it. <laughs> I was really young and foolish then. And, uh, but he goes and he hides. And I thought, I'll let my sisters go. They can start looking for him. And I'll just ease into this closet at the beginning of the hallway where it's still light. And so they got past me and I eased into the, hall, into the closet and I shut the door. And I waited and I listened for them. And I heard, all of a sudden, I heard like, boom. And then I hear, ah, scream. And Footsteps starts, and don't you know when one girl screams that it sets off a chain reaction? And I'm pretty sure every single one of them hit a wall on their way out. And uh, they're screaming and they're running, and I'm listening for daddy's steps because I am going to so get him. And as I'm listening, I hear, right here. I found my prayer language. (laughs) And he realized that I realized he was there at about the same time. And this was not a walk-in closet. This was one that was just like this. So my face was already against the door as I began to claw my way out. And so he just thought it was hilarious. And so when he grabbed me and I'm trying to help have Jesus open the door and... (laughs) And... uh, Obviously, my strength in the Holy Spirit and my father opened the door. But by the time it was done, I was literally hysterical. I know. I know. And you all wonder why. I was hysterical. And my dad just kept apologizing through laughter. He was like, I didn't mean it. And and so I tried to instill all of that in my children once I had them. That love of fear. No, I didn't. I didn't. But I say all of that to say this. I was not someone who cultivated fear. I was not someone who thought it was a thrill to be scared. I, I have never been one of those. And I know some people get a rush out of it. That was not me. 
I never did. And my concern is that we live in a culture that cultivates fear in the hearts of its people. Whether it's through a 24-hour news cycle, I don't know which is worse, Saw 6 or CNN. And I'm not just saying because I'm pro-CNN or con-CNN. I'm just saying 24 hours of garbage and bad stuff going on all over the world. And adults will go, oh, I would never go see Jason Returns Part 7. But you'll sit and watch that. And this fear begins to be cultivated in us. And, And I'm sorry, I don't understand it. I really don't understand how many times Jason can return. And... and. And why he didn't die when that chainsaw cut him in half, I don't get it. But I've never understood that mentality. It's To me, it's the equivalent of, hey, I've got $20. Seth, I'm going to give you $20. And, oh, wait, I want popcorn and Reese's Pieces and a Pepsi. So I'm going to give you $140. (laughs) And the next time, I'm going to just go out for a walk at night alone, and I would love it if you will jump from behind a bush with a chainsaw and a mask. Won't that be funny? <laughs> That's the equivalent of it to me. And, and I can't wrap my mind around, and, I'm, and if any of the young people are, are tuning me out right now, that's okay. I'm going to come back to you. But uh, I don't understand the mentality that, that a kid can go, Mom, Dad... I'm going to go watch someone be possessed by Satan crawl backwards down the steps. Their head's going to spin and throw up and vomit. And they're like, okay, be home by 11. But everybody's going to see it. Oh, Jesus. But you're the one sitting by their bed at night when they're like, <gasps> but we cultivate this in, our, in the hearts. And that's not... What God has for us. We were never intended to be a people that walk in fear. We just never were. And there's a big difference. Let me tell you something. There's a big difference between an emotion of fear that like hits you, your child stumbles and your heart leaps and you grab that baby or uh, the doctor says they're sick and you're like, oh, you know, you have a moment. There's a difference between a moment of fear and a spirit of fear. And I am of the mindset Pardon me if it's not in agreement with your theology. I believe in spirits. I believe that there are angels and I believe that there are demons. And I believe that we battle against them daily. I do believe that we do not battle against flesh and blood. That's what the scriptures tell me and that's what I choose to believe. But this spirit of fear is an altogether other kind of monster. A spirit of fear... When it comes, it's not a fleeting moment. A spirit of fear will grab hold of your heart. This is the imagery that I believe the Lord gave me for this. The spirit of fear will come and grab hold of your heart. And it's as if it applies pressure and the worst possible outcomes. The word calls it evil foreboding. All of these images begin to play out in our minds. What could happen to us? What could happen to our children? How are we going to protect them? This is going to happen. And these fears, this mole, it must be cancer. You know, I've got a cough. It must be. And these things, these scenarios begin to go. A spirit of fear, when it grabs hold of you, when you confront a spirit of fear, you will feel it physically. You will feel it physically. You will feel um an apprehension, your breathing will become shallow. Uh, the 
hairs on the back of your neck might stand up. You have cold chills, and I'm just describing it to you because I want you to know what you're experiencing if you're experiencing it. But the physical manifestations of a spirit of fear grabbing hold of you are nothing in comparison to the mental battle of a spirit of fear grabbing hold of you. Because the goal of a spirit of fear, a spirit of fear answers to the father of lies, right? So a spirit of fear will come to a human mind and will begin to speak lies that increase your fear. So the the goal of a spirit of fear is to unhinge the mind from the restraints that the Word of God and truth bring to it. It wants you to run untethered down paths of hopelessness or fear or anxiety. That's what a spirit of fear wants. So a spirit of fear will come and will tell you, you are going to die. When the Word of God says, you will live and declare the works of the Lord. See, they're polar opposites. The the, uh, spirit of fear will come and say, You are in this one all alone. You're going to have this one on your own. When the Word of God says, I will never leave you or forsake you. And then the spirit of fear will come and say, there's no way out of this one. There's no way out. When the Word of God says, I will make a way where there seems to be no way. And see, that's the work of a spirit of fear. And One of the things that, one of the distinguishing characteristics we read in that passage of Scripture, it says, fear hath torments. Fear has torments. And you know, one of the definitions that I found interestingly in a a, uh, Christian dictionary when I was going through it, it said the word haunt. But not in a ghost sense. It says to be persistently and disturbingly present. To have evil thoughts or fears or anxieties be persistently and disturbingly present in your life. Can I tell you, I see a lot of young mamas with this. Because, and I I had it when Aaron was a baby. I was petrified all the time because all I did was watch the news and take care of him. And I was so afraid of all of the things that I would see and that I wasn't going to be able to to see him raised. And, And I know the spirit of fear that the enemy loves to bring against you. And it has torments. I experienced this in such a strong way when I was a child, when I was about, um, about seven years old. Say this with me one more time. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Now use the word me. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That became, pardon my phraseology, that became my mantra when I was about seven years old because when I was that age, that was when our house burned down the second time. The first time, I was super young, but I do remember. I remember us going home, and I remember the concrete steps up the hill up to where our house had been, and I just remember a big black box, (laughs) charred box where the house used to be, but I was young enough that it didn't scare me. I remember living with, uh, all of us went to live with my grandmother, and I remember sleeping on the porch at night, and you cannot pay me enough money to do that now. I'm sorry. But I remember that, and um, so we lived with her for a while, and we were able to rebuild, and about the time we settled into that new place, it burned again. But this time, instead of coming home and finding it finished, I was young enough 
I came home and it was still burning. We came up and it was a, we lived on a dirt road. And uh, I remember standing in that road watching our house burn. Pitch black, and except for the fire. And as a child, and some of you may think this is silly, but as a child, especially as a little girl, all of my stuffed animals and all of my dolls, they were very real to me. They all had names. They were all, that was my world. I loved them, and it was very real. And so standing there in the dirt as a child watching it all burn, all I could think was they're dying You know, that's all I could picture. It's like I could see them melting. I could see them on fire. And and I I remember wanting my mom or dad to go rescue them. And nobody would rescue them. And standing there on the side of the road in the middle of the night, this spirit of fear grabbed hold of my heart, grabbed hold of just a little girl heart. And what happened set up such a chain of events in my life, such a spirit of fear that, that I had no idea how to deal with. I had no idea what to do with, but it was so great that every time I closed my eyes, I could see it. And this wasn't, I know I was traumatized, but I know that there was a spirit of fear and I would go to bed at night and I would literally sit up in the bed and stay sitting up because I didn't want to close my eyes. And I would fight sleep so bad until my eyes burned, until I would get sick to my stomach, until I would finally like fall over and go to sleep. And then I would have these night terrors. And I would just wake up screaming because I knew, the thing that that got me is I just knew that I was going to be the one in the fire dying. I knew that that was what was going to happen. And so I was afraid to close my eyes and and. When I would begin to scream, my mom, inevitably, she was in the bedroom next to us, she would come in and she would sit down and she would say, Barbie, honey, God does not want you to be afraid. He hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And she would tell me, she would say, you're not alone in this room. She would say, Jesus is right here with you. You have nothing to be afraid of. She would slide this Bible under my pillow because everyone knows that bad thoughts from hell can't come up through a Bible. <laughs> I mean, that's like Christianity 101. <laughs> and, and so I would slide that Bible under my pillow and I would finally go to sleep and rest and it would happen over and over and over again. But what she began to teach me is something that I want to teach you today. If you're combating a spirit of fear and all of the worst possible scenarios play through your mind, what she taught me as a child, she would say, Barbie, when that thought starts, whatever that thought is, she said, I want you to give it knees. I'm like, what? She said, I want you to give it knees in your mind. And she said, and I want you to put Jesus in your mind. And I want you to see that thought bow to Jesus. I want you to see that thought bow to Jesus. And then I want you to ask the Lord to give you a scripture to fight with. And I didn't understand it then, but what she was teaching me is such a foundational principle when it comes to battling the enemy. And it's to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Because see, that's what the enemy does. He wants to get us focused on everything other than the fact that God is with us. 
God is with you. God is with you in the night watches when you're afraid and when your mind is racing and when you can't rein it in. I want you to know that God is with you and he has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And he wants you. Part of your inheritance as a child of God is that when you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. That's what the scripture tells us. Amen. And so we want to grab hold of that and allow that to happen in our lives. Do I want to? I know that there are some people who are not necessarily young, who, like myself, that have battled this and maybe are still battling this today. And, and you're going, I should so be beyond this. I shouldn't be struggling with fear. I've been a Christian all my life and, and I shouldn't be in this battle. But that's why I entitled this what I did because it says, what are you so afraid of? That's the passage. That's where the, Jesus asked the disciples in the boat. Remember the storm came and the, and the winds tossed the waves and the disciples, it says, were hit by fear. These were, these were fishermen that were afraid of water. Big, strong guys. I kind of find that funny. But um, I just, who are we to think that we're not going to face fear? But the Lord says, after he speaks and he says, you know, he tells peace be still and the wind and the, well, the waves stop. And he says, what are you so afraid of? Where is your faith? Because what they had forgotten was that he was right there with them. He was right there with them. And that's what we lose sight of when we are confronted by fear, whatever the situation. If the child is sick or, or the job is this or, or this one's upset, we've got to remember that God is right here with us. He is our strength and he is our peace. And if we will cause those thoughts to bow to the obedience of Christ, we can enter into peace. I'm going to get the praise team to come out if they would. But you know what's interesting? The Lord began to, or no, let me rephrase this. I began to search out every possible scripture on fear because I did, I thought that's how I'm going to do battle. I'm going to do battle researching everything about fear. But the passage of scripture that the Lord actually used to set me free in that area of my life had nothing to do with fear. Which is why it's so important that you read the Word of God because you never know what portion God's going to use to just blow your mind. You never know. And so it wasn't a be anxious for nothing. And it wasn't a let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. It wasn't any of that. The passage of Scripture that finally reached me was out of Psalms 139, the last part of verse 16. And it says... All of the days ordained for me were written in your book before even one of them came to be. All of the days ordained for me were written in your book before even one of them came to be. You know what that means to me? That means it doesn't matter who's standing on the 32nd floor. That means it doesn't matter what the enemy tries to bring. My page, my book is not finished until God turns that last page. Your children's lives are in his hands and they are safe in the palm of his hand. And not one day will be stolen from them until he turns.
turns the page. Our stories, written by the author and the finisher of our faith, are in his book. Your life, your children's lives, your grandchildren's lives, your great-grandchildren's lives. God holds it all. And if we know nothing else, we know this much. He is good. He is good. Amen? Amen. And he is faithful. this. Oh, if this is your battle, can you raise your hand for a minute? Because I want to pray for you and then we're all going to worship. If your battle is spirit of fear, actually if you battle a spirit of fear, could you come up here real quick? Just right here. If this sounds like the world you live in, I want to I pray over you. Elders, I need some help. Will you all get behind them? Come on up here. Now listen, I want you to grab hold of what the Word of God says. He is faithful, and He is good, and He has you. The Word says, He is my light and my salvation. Of whom then shall I be afraid? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I fear? You have nothing to be afraid of. God has you. He has your kids. He has you in the palm of his hand. So we're going to pray a prayer of faith. Would you extend your hands? Father God, in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, that you are mighty. You are stronger, Father. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And for every single person here right now, in the name of Jesus, we break the bands of the enemy, Father, in their minds. Father, right now, I thank you that you yourself are their peace. I ask right now that you would breathe peace over them in the name of Jesus. We stand against anxiety in the name of Jesus, Father, of worry, constant worry, whoever that is, Father. I ask that you would just breathe life and peace over them, Father. Lord, I thank you that these are your children. Your children, Father, they will not fear the arrow that flies by day. Father, the pestilence at night, Father God, I thank you that you will hide them under the shadow of your wings, God. So we speak peace. God of peace reign in their hearts, Father. Every single one, every single one, every single one. Can you just lift your hands and begin to thank him? Begin to take those thoughts captive in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you. No fear. No fear. And now we're going to begin to sing, and it's going to become a testimony that God is good. God is good. 